1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Stephen Gerrard targets more additions after John McLaughlin's signing. Mother will give Stephen Robinson permission to speak to Northern Ireland. And new St Mirren keeper Jack Annick tells us how his time at Rangers could help him make an impact in Paisley. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Mark Guidi. Yeah, good to be here, Andrew. Day 93 uh, of the of the lockdown. Good to be in the studio. Uh, as you say, still plenty going on in Scottish football. We can now, you know, we've got a focus for, for August the 1st, clubs back in, everybody getting tested, etc. So you know, we're, we're definitely on the right track. Signings happening, Rangers active again with John McLaughlin. They needed a, a goalkeeper to come in to, to challenge Alan McGregor. They've certainly got that. I think he's a very capable um, goalkeeper. Stephen Robinson, certainly his track record in the past two years has been excellent. So Motherwell won't want to lose him. He's part of a, a three-man shortlist, Ian Barraclough. Uh, the guy who worked with it, he brought um, um, into uh, what with it, Motherwell and Oldham, and um, also um, Tommy Wright as well. So it'll certainly be one of the three of them will become the, the Northern Ireland manager. And um, you certainly think that Stephen Rom's a good chance, but by all accounts, Ian Barraclough is the favourite. It's kind of his um, to lose at the moment but there's no doubt Tommy Wright and Stephen uh, Robinson very attractive contenders well, we want to hear from you at home as well 01419511025 on the phone lines Motherwell fans what do you make of this news this afternoon I'm sure you're desperate to keep a hold of your manager Rangers fans what do you think of the signing of John McLaughlin and fans of any other team whatever you want to talk about 01419511025 we will start with that Rangers signing yesterday because they completed uh, the signing of goalkeeper John McLaughlin yesterday evening two year deal for him the Scotland international he'd rejected a new deal to stay at Sunderland and he joined Stephen Gerrard's side after the departures of Wes Fodringham and Jack Annick is that a good move for you Mark? Yeah um, you know they had, to, they had to find a goalkeeper I mean, Alan McGregor's always going to be um, the number one he's an outstanding goalkeeper um, Alan McGregor but you need somebody to push you need a, a more than able um, deputy and certainly John McLaughlin will give that to him I remember him more obviously at Hearts Andrew, it was first class for Hearts and indeed um, I've said on, on, on record I think really the reason Hearts have gone down is because they never really had a goalkeeper this season you know, they'd know they could keep the ball out of the net and they never really re- replaced um, John McLaughlin so that was um, Hearts' fault and it just shows you the importance of having a goalkeeper indeed having two uh, good goalkeepers and, and it's a situation as well that Celtic need to um, address looks like Craig Gordon isn't going to um, resign he's made that clear they've got Scott Bain um, on the books again a good backup but for me not a Celtic um, number one and they need to do everything they can uh, to get Fraser Foster um, signed up you talk about his experience at Hearts that you know having played in the Premiership before knowing the yeah. league having done well there that'll certainly be one of the things that attracted uh, Stephen Gerrard to the player yeah and you know he, he will push Alan much as Alan McGregor is outstanding he's not getting any younger but he's certainly still got a good two or three years in him um, at least but um, just in case anything happened to Alan McGregor you never know particularly in this season of all seasons if you need backup you think God, I'm, I'm going to need this guy for 10-11 games you want to have absolute confidence uh, in the guy getting in so certainly John McLaughlin will, will provide that if anything ever happens to Alan McGregor They've got a you know a first class deputy waiting to go in. I'm sure Stephen Gerrard will be delighted to have that position sort of sorted. Yeah, he doesn't need to it's do another that. another one ticked off and out the road, um, Andrew. That's all it is for, for managers now. That's why they like to get their business done as quickly as they can, bring new uh, people in. Um, more importantly, not lose any of the uh, the star players. But um, you know, the quicker you can get your your list 
your, your to-do list ticked off the better and that's another job done and out the road I know Rangers rate Robbie McCrory very, very highly as a goalkeeper he was on loan at Livingston the second yeah. half of last season some people maybe thought that he would be sort of back yeah. up to Alan McGregor but I suppose it works well for Rangers if they can uh-huh. get someone with the experience of John McLaughlin in and a young goalkeeper who they want to develop they could I'm assuming they'll yeah. probably send him out on loan yeah I think Robbie McCrory will go back out and uh, loan again um, Andrew I watched him a few times for Livingston um, last season I thought he, you know, he, he was decent but for me he doesn't quite look ready just for the, the point I made that if anything happened to Alan McGregor would have you know I think there might have just been a, a wee concern then because he's still developing and goalkeepers take, take their time and in, as, I, as I say in this season of all seasons you know it'd probably be unfair as well um, to, to throw him in such a situation so McCrory will um, develop into a top class goalkeeper I'm quite certain of that but I think he just has to, to bide his time and go and loan somewhere again whether it's back to Livingston or elsewhere will be a good move for him 0141951125 if you want to get involved at home you can also tweet us at Clyde SSB Stephen Gerrard says John McLaughlin hasn't just joined to be Alan McGregor's backup he expects a new keeper to challenge for the number one spot Gerrard now thinks he'll need to be patient in the transfer window and is aiming for quality over quantity Obviously he brings vast experience we've tracked John for a long time now he's obviously used to this type of environment and pressure to win being at Sunderland for many years he's obviously got experience in the league prior to that he's an international goalkeeper I think he I think it's a good move from us. It, it, it's a safe move, and um, he, he'll come here and c- compete for the number one shirt. Uh, I don't like keepers being labelled one, two, three, and four. You know, for me, there's obviously one position available, and um, it's 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 a shootout to see who's in the best form. Um, obviously, Alan McGregor's been terrific for me over the couple of years. Really consistent. Uh, John's aware of that, but wants to come in and put as much pressure in uh, on him as he can. I do anticipate more signings, you know, but I, I don't, you know, I think we have to be patient. It's going to be a, a, a different window, if you like. You know, it could be a longer window. So we need to make sure that we're right when we do make the move and that we're going for the right type of player. You know, I don't anticipate us making lots of signings in terms of trying to make the squad bigger or anything like that. It's more, you know, can we identify players that are going to come in and make the 11 stronger? Uh, so yes, the answer to your question is yes, we will make more signings, but we have to make sure that these are the right type of signings to make us better. He maybe strikes me as a, a similar mould to Neil Alexander when he came in at, at Rangers. He's sort of you mm-hmm. know an established goalkeeper a bit later in his career at a Scotland international, but someone that you would expect would come in and you know he, he talks about John McLaughlin fighting out with Alan McGregor. Uh-huh. You probably would expect Alan McGregor will have that number one jersey, but a guy that probably will be capable when, when he's able to get the chance yeah I mean I, I remember the scenario you're, you're talking about Neil Alexander and the prime example of that was the 2007-2008 the, the season when, when Alan McGregor got injured in an old firm game with, I don't know maybe 9 or 10 games a season to go part of which was, was a, 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 a UEFA Cup um, semi-final so he played in the UEFA Cup final um, for Rangers because Alan McGregor was, was injured played in the run-in um, as well so that's the kind of that scenario that analogy you're talking about is, is spot on and again it just hammers home the, the importance of, of having two good goalkeepers in your squad. 01419511025 on the phone line. Stephen Gerrard talking about there that you'll need to be patient in this transfer window. It's, it's something that he's maybe not been in previous transfer windows, and I'm not saying it's a good or a bad thing, but 
Rangers have quite often under Steven Gerrard got their business done very early but we know that this could be a very long transfer window there's yeah. talk that UEFA are trying to synchronise all the transfer windows yeah. and they could end up you know, finishing off I think it's the 5th of October, October so they're talking about. Yep, it could, it could right. be a long long transfer window Aye it, it could be but you know bearing in mind that by the time October the 5th comes around you know you, you, you could have played you know 6, 7, 8 league games and they're important every point's important um, next season so like we say you want to try and get, get people in as much as you can that, that probably more of the concern for the window being opened that long Andrew is actually losing um, players now you know it might suit Rangers to for example to sell Alfredo Morelos he might think you know whatever we can get in that, that can go towards bringing in three or four players that, that the manager wants to do or Stephen Gerrard might his message to the board might be under no circumstances are we selling Alfredo Morelos unless there is a ridiculous offer um, that comes in it's the same um, for Celtic was try to tie down Fraser Foster but not want to lose Odson Edward um, you know not want to lose Callum McGregor you know there's there's four or five players that they absolutely Neil Lennon will not want to um, to lose but you can't stop bids coming you can't stop clubs being tempted particularly with the, the current financial um, climate when we're still a wee bit unsure of, of what's going to happen and how it's all going to pan out uh, on the back of um, COVID-19 so there, there's a lot of questions still to come but the, with Rangers getting Ayanis Hadji and then now um, John, McLaugh John McLaughlin are heading in the, di the right direction but I still think and, and I'm sure Stephen Gerrard agrees said it himself the two or three what I would regard as first team ready players um, short not squad players I think they've got squad players but two or three quality players to come in if they want to become champions next season was that an issue last season? Because I remember Steven Gerrard saying something similar at the start of the transfer window that you know he wanted that quality over quantity. But yeah. they still brought in eleven signings last summer, uh -huh. which you know a I, lot I think of wide areas. On them, yeah, uh -huh. and you know, Brandon Barker and, and and Jordan Jones and um, a couple never quite what I, mean, I think when you assessed the Rangers squad on paper, you know, last August, you thought, aye, that that that's a squad that, that there's depth there. You know, if you if you want to freshen it up, you know, particularly they ended up having a, a long um, European um, run. So it was Thursday, thun Thursday, Sunday, um, quite a lot. It looked, and certainly as we all know, up into the to, to the winter break, it looked apart. And then for whatever reason, um, it just fell apart. Just fell apart um, at the scene. So that's something that, again, that you'll probably look at and say, yeah, it's good to have options. But like I said, if you to say to Stephen Jar now, you just want to right good players proper players or you want half a dozen squad players the answer all day long now will be no just give me two right good players 01419511025 Andy is first up a Rangers fan in Finiston Andy first of all are you happy with the signing of John McLaughlin? Yeah yeah because I, I think uh, I, we definitely need a backup keeper I mean Al McGregor is a great keeper but uh, yeah I'm quite delighted with that keep him pushing keep him on his keep him on his toes I'm, I'm really delighted with that because uh, I mean lads I like Boringham uh, I mean, he's a good keeper but he's obviously sitting there sometime no getting games so I good it's good it's good for it and I'm quite agree with what the, the, the boy was saying we, need a, we do need another couple of quality players you know rather than squad players we need quality to get us through because my point was going to be that we have still got to go buy a lever and, and just what say we beat them we get through how I was reading the paper today, you know, they're, they're doing the draw for next season again, but Rangers, Rangers could, could go to the final and maybe even win it, hopefully, but, you know, it's not impossible. So what would happen then? How would they decide who plays who? 
told that totally finished. So I kind of get my head on that one. I'm just taking these dates off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure that the uh, Europa League, as it stands, if Rangers get through uh, their last 16 tie, it'll turn into a mini tournament, which uh-huh. happens between uh-huh. the 10th and the 21st of August, and uh-huh. it'll be a one-legged quarter-final, one-legged semi-final, and a final. Um, that would take you up to the 21st of August. Now, Rangers wouldn't enter the Europa League qualifying uh, for the following season, for the 2020-2021 season, until the 27th of September would be that date so it would be over a month later so it's not as if the two would would clash at all Andy I'm just getting getting worried about all these I mean I thought that I don't know many Rangers players are in Scotland squad as well you're going well they're probably trying to cram eight games into you you know you're going well these players are just coming back and all of a sudden they're going back to play all these sorts of games and you know you worry sometimes you know well, it might be, I'm, I suppose it's not unfair and just us, it's unfair in all the teams, but they try to cram all these games in and the players are just no right up to fitness yet. Well, that is a real uh, issue, Mark, isn't it? Because you look at, you know, the, the amount of fixtures that clubs are going to face, some teams still in Europe, like Rangers, there's qualifying stages for, for other teams, there's games in, in cups, Scottish Cup still needs to be played, there's internationals that are getting you know lumped into September, October and November. And it's, going to be an, it's going to be an absolutely packed season. Yeah, it is. I mean, we, we, you know, we're just talking there you know, about, about squads and, and having depth, but um, there won't be any let-up, um, Andrew, you know, if football's allowed to, to run smoothly from August to the, the first through to the, you know, the, the third week in May, before the, the, the break up for the Euros then it will be non-stop there'll be no breaks and um, you know a lot of squad not just this just isn't about Celtic and Rangers this is your St Mirren your Hamels your Motherwells your Hibs your Dundee United they, you know, they will need everybody uh, available to them um, because there's no doubt that you, you just look down the road uh, with the English season starting up the amount of injuries um, already so it, it's going to happen and that's why squads um, will be vital and players need to be ready to, to step in and, and step up to the mark and yeah yeah I know right. so it might, it must be hard the beer teams then you know they've got you know Rangers and Celtic have obviously got big, big squads but the beer teams you know they've maybe only got 15, 16, 17 it must be really hard for them we'll give a lot of, we'll give a, a number of uh, of kids a chance um, Andy that will probably get and, and this could well you know, be the case at Celtic and Rangers as well that maybe they think they're not quite game ready they would normally put them you know out and loan but they maybe just need to keep, to keep them just in case and so that'll be the case I think you'll find a number of 17, 18, 19 year olds that, that they would maybe rather give another few months to, to or send them out and loan all clubs in the, in the top division but you'll see them getting their chance because needs must in terms of numbers well thank you very much to Andy in Finiston 01419511025 on the phones Geoffrey is a Rangers fan in Giffnock Geoffrey Hi, good evening. I'm just sort of while I'm talking to you, I'm watching the, the Norwich game, and it's it's quite easy to watch it. Anyway, my point is uh, actually, you, I think you've more or less covered what I wanted to talk about with the first Rangers fan uh, comments. I've got a concern about Rangers going to play Leverkusen. Now, can you tell me if it's going to be at a neutral ground or in Germany itself? Because from what I'm hearing on the TV, um, yesterday there was, seems to be a, a new uh, spike in uh, a, a village. Outside, I can't remember where it is in Germany. Now, would that affect the game? Um, um, and also, I've seen this new goalkeeper that Rangers have signed, and he seems to be, I think, 
um, it's going to be a good signing. We'll, we'll take that first point there, Mark. He was talking about the um, the game against Leverkusen and whether that's going to be at a neutral venue or not. That is yet to be decided yeah. at the moment. The last mm-hmm. 16 ties, you would maybe assume because they are the... the you know, a German team and the, the later stages, the quarterfinal, semi-final, final are scheduled to take place in Germany. There's probably a better chance that it would take place at Leverkusen yeah. Stadium rather than, you know, the other last 16 ties, which will be dotted potentially uh-huh. around Europe or whether they'll have it in Germany. But at this point, we don't know. And in terms of, you know, an outbreak, we're all just playing it by ear at the moment. Aye, we, we don't, don't really know what the state of play is going to be like at the start of August. Hopefully, we'll be in a much better position, Mark. But, you know, Aye, at the ge- moment... It's, it's guesswork just now, Jeffrey. But, but things are looking as though they're on the right track. But we, we, we don't know what's going to happen from, from day to day because of the, mm-hmm. the virus. But I would imagine uh, you know, Leverkusen have got a 3-1 lead mm-hmm. um, from, from the first leg. So they, from their point of view, they'd think it's comfortable, but it's not over the line. We've got a lot of work to do. And Rangers do have a good um, record away from home in, in Europe. But I think if, if you're Leverkusen, they will be lobbying UEFA to have it played in, the, in their own stadium um, for sure. But a decision still to be um, to be made in that. So we'll just keep um, an eye on that one. And then beyond that, in, in terms of your comments about about John McLaughlin, Jeffrey, yeah, I've said that from the, the top of the programme. He is a more than um, able goalkeeper um, uh, um, to as, as backup for Alan McGregor. But just importantly, if anything happens to, to Alan McGregor, I've seen John McLaughlin in action. Absolutely no problem at all about him um, stepping up into the first team. Can I just make one more point? Um, what's going to happen with uh, the um, Neil Lennon might get his um, wish about the old thumb games being put back, but if Rangers and Celtic um, do well, or Celtic do well in the qualifiers, and Rangers get to the final, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be one. Um, it's, it's going to be difficult to try and squeeze in all the fixtures so we're basically going to end up with the same situation um, and when the Euros come up um, next year and we don't finish the season what's going to happen then Are we, um, is it going to be another situation where, um, where where we are just now with the Covid well, the season will get finished um, Jeffrey. You know, one way or another the season will be finished barring you know, another um, outbreak but if things all go smoothly and, and fingers crossed that it does uh, all over the world then you know as I said it's going to be busy it'll be hectic it'll be every week there'll be no winter break there'll be two games a week might sometimes have to be have to be three you need to hope as well that we don't have a bad um, winter um, so that all the games can get played you might look at not having any Scottish Cup replays next season just to ease congestion in the calendar all, all that kind of thing but um, no, the season um, the season will will get uh, will get played um, Jeffrey and <clears throat> in terms of the, the first Celtic Rangers game of the season which is Duke Parkhead I, mean, I think the fixtures may well be, be, be ready to go I'm sure Ian Blair at the SPFL has been working um, hard um, on them but I don't know what the fixtures are and how they're going to come out but so certainly who's going to be playing in the Premiership next season who's going to be playing yeah but I think that certainly there is a desire from, from Sky Sports um, to have the, the first um, Celtic Rangers game the first Old Firm game which is Duke Celtic Park to have that at some time um, in August, which I think Celtic would rather not, because they want to have the, the supporters in the ground. You can totally see that point, and rightly so. But but Sky are pushing um, to have that game played um, the, the, the second or third week um, in August. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Thank you to Jeffrey and Giffnick. Motherwell fans, this is a perfect time for you to phone in because after the break, we'll be talking about Stephen Robinson. Is he on the way to Northern Ireland? We'll be talking about that after the travel with Stephen. 
are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Mark Guidi here with me, Andrew McLean, on the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. You can get involved at home 0141 951 1025. Motherwell fans, we want to hear from you on the news that Stephen Robinson is interviewing for the Northern Ireland job I'm sure you're desperate to keep a hold of him just before we get on to that though I'm sure many of you will have seen the news that unfortunately over the weekend our very own Jim Duffy suffered a heart attack I can tell you that he's on the mend he's doing okay and everyone here at Clyde One wishes him a very speedy recovery Right, well the partner in crime on a, on a Wednesday night when we're, we're in um, full season uh, Andrew enjoyed Jim's company known him for 25 years um, always a great guy to deal with a brilliant football man um, knows his football inside out great coach you only look at his, his CV I sent him a wee text yesterday and I got the news and he texted back he, he was in good spirit so yeah just a, a speedy recovery take it easy and um, hopefully see him back in the studio uh, in August and for him you know back in the, the dugout as quickly as possible with, with Dumbarton as well yeah I'm sure he'll be back fighting fit and hopefully back in the studio at some point in the near future so of course today Motherwell the news that came out not long before we came on air they've confirmed today that they've given Stephen Robinson permission to speak to Northern Ireland about the current managerial vacancy they've got there they did say they've done it reluctantly and in a tweet they stated that we have expressed in the strongest possible terms to Stephen that we want him to remain with Motherwell I always think it's a bit of an awkward one these for clubs because they don't want to be seen to be standing in the way of Stephen Robinson but you know they've made it very clear Uh we want him to stay yeah I mean you know these scenarios are Andrew that it will come in the manager will know there's an interest he will say to the club I want to go and speak to him and um, if you let him go and speak to him you keep the manager happy because he might go to the job if you if you deny him permission uh, right away you're up you're upsetting um, the the rhythm of the club um, the atmosphere at the club and you've got an unhappy manager who always think oh, if only I'd have got that you know so you need to let him go and speak Motherwell will be, will be well compensated um, if it comes to that and they will, they will just go on with it and that's part and parcel of having a successful manager that finished third in the league this season he's been good for a couple of years he knows his stuff and um, that's the price you pay for all clubs if a player's doing it it's like the David Turnbull scenario last year you're getting great money you'd rather keep him but there's great money coming in and that's what happens and it's the same with um, with Stephen Robinson um, but let like I say I think um, it's a three-man shortlist himself Tommy Knight and Ian Barraclough and according to the sources in uh, Northern Ireland uh, Ian Barraclough is the uh, is the favourite for it. Yeah well he's the under 21 boss at the moment yeah. so you can see the sort of natural progression yeah. there and they'll know yeah. him very well but you just never know when no. it comes to interviews yeah, with well, Stephen Robinson and Tommy press, Wright, yeah. A chance to go and press state your claim and you've got the opportunity to go and when you're sitting face to face albeit it'll be social distancing but you've got a chance to to turn a couple of heads and really work it in your favour could well be a zoom interview as well they do it these days well, they've got the, the, yeah, the, the suit and tie and a pair of shorts on <laughs> how, how do you how do you do your uh, your um, <laughs> what do you, you call it powerpoint presentation on zoom oh you know, no exactly now, it's not it's not about the gab anymore it's um, it's about your powerpoint um, presentations so um, yeah I, I'm sure it would be I think to interview properly at, at that kind of level for that kind of role and that's probably been part of the reason for the delay is you really need to see people face to face and look them in the eye well since we're talking about Motherwell as well we'll get back to Stephen Robinson but it's just flashed up on my phone there that they have made a signing and it is Mark O'Hara who is back at Motherwell he signed a permanent deal from Peterborough I know that there was at least one other club in Scotland interested in him and uh, 
you know, featured, you know, towards the end of last season, featured uh, more heavily in that midfield three, he was doing well and signed on a permanent deal. Yeah, a good move um, from uh, from Motherwell to get Matt Rahara. I think he performed well. As you say, he was in loan. Um, I remember him um, at Dundee. He was also yeah, from Marnock. Uh-huh. Uh, the kid. So, yeah, he was always the boy who, who knows his way about football pitch, level-headed, um, really good professional and, and again they just use that phrase more than able a more than able operator um, at, uh, at uh, Premiership level A two year deal at the club I think he's one of the interesting ones because I'm sure he's played in almost every position I think at Kilmarnock yeah. at one point he was he was almost right a centre back, back at one point he's played right back yeah, uh-huh. so wide, yeah, very versatile and St- Stephen Robinson does like those players that can be versatile and, and chop and change into different positions and exactly the point we were talking about 10 minutes ago you know Every squad is going to be stretched to the limit this season. You know, there, there, there's no rest in periods. It'll be midweek weekends, midweek weekends. So a guy such as Mark O'Hara is going to be vital to, to a club such as um, as Motherwell. A really good, um, really good player, and, and that's another good signing by by the club. I'm sure he'll have put pen to paper with. Uh thinking Stephen Robinson was going to be his manager we're still to wait and see on that one but you can see in his time I think it's three full seasons he's had at the club Stephen Robinson and the first uh-huh. one of those he led them to two cup finals of, yeah. of course last season a third place finish they're in Europe now you can yeah. see why I was going to say other clubs but a, a, a country a national team are looking at him and you know I'm sure that other clubs if they are looking for a manager he's a name that has probably popped up on shortlists aye yeah you know, he'll, he'll be on the he'll be on the radar um, for, for different jobs uh, that's for sure because you know you look at what he's managed to, to achieve um, at Motherwell and you can only be um, impressed when he had that stint down at down at Oldham it never worked out but it was no great surprise I think Oldham was something like you know 15 managers in five years or something like that so you know it's just one of those clubs that you know with hindsight you, you should avoid but every manager takes a job thinking no, I'll, I'll get it right I'll be able to get in there and turn that club around I'll be able to control the board or the chief executive or the director of football whatever it may be but it never quite worked that way but he's found a good solid club in Motherwell good relationship with the board and with Alan Burrows which is always very very um, important and you can see I, I really liked his his signings you know um, Hilton and, and, and people that, that, that came in and, and Christopher Long and you know I always thought Stephen uh, Robinson really operates well in, in the transfer market with, with a limited um, budget and I think that's very impressive about them and they do when you go and watch them they play good football as well you know lighting up the pitch um, fast get it wide areas get the ball into the into the box so not he is a good manager for sure you talk about the players you know a lot of them coming from the non-league down uh-huh. south one thing he's really good at is getting the best out of players mm-hmm. which for an international manager is one of the best attributes you can have mm-hmm. well, that, that, that was what, what Michael O'Neill managed to do you know, it, it was man uh, management you know, you, you've got the players for maybe just for three or four days sometimes you've got to get the maximum you don't have a lot of prep time it's not about training it's more about just briefing them on the opposition It's, it's a lot of it's kind of classroom stuff at that level but um, yeah you want to get the best out of them and you want to create a good environment because you're bringing different egos from different clubs that are not used to it and you've got to bring them together and maximise that over a three or four day period and, and I think you're right Andrew about that point Michael O'Neill was and his backroom staff um, you know Jimmy Nicol Ross McPhee Stephen Robinson was in the backroom staff as well Billy McKinley was in the backroom um, staff you know he's absolutely brilliant at that Michael O'Neill and that's a good thing right away whether it's Stephen Robinson, Ian Barraclough or Tommy Knight that they're going to um, inherit right away. 01419511025, we want to hear from you at home. There's, there's one thing I've always thought about international managers, and I don't know whether this is just like an old-fashioned way of thinking now, that it used to be anyway that international management 
was for older managers and yeah. people would sort of do do what they wanted to at club level and then they'd maybe finish their career uh-huh. internationally uh-huh. but I think that's maybe changed recently when you look at the likes of you know Gareth Southgate at, at England you know, Michael O'Neill at Northern Ireland a lot of them can either see it as you know you know the pinnacle of their career they can do that early mm-hmm. managing their national team and it can also propel them into a better club career as well which we've seen you know with the yeah. likes of Michael O'Neill is, his stature went through the roof with what he did with Northern Ireland and, mm-hmm. and managed to move on well, You're right Andrew you know, you know 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago uh, you know that was a kind of way and it was the job that, that everybody dreamed of managing their country now with the money the way it is some see it as a as a stepping stone or you, you know most of the you know you know, going back to times when, when England were playing, paying, uh, was it like Fabio Capello six million quid a year, and suddenly so they decided to rain all that kind of stuff in. But most um, international managers aren't they doing it um, for the money? But you're right, they can take it at the start of the career, in the middle of the career. It's not the way um, it was. But the, if they if they do well, um, they, they obviously they can be very well paid. It can be lucrative, but it can lead to a bigger job because you know most clubs. You had good clubs that would be looking at international managers will pay a lot more than what the international job will. So it can be a step up. Like, for example, you think of the own Scotland job in the past, what, 15 years, Alec McLeish left the national job to go and take over at Birmingham. Walter Smith left to go and take over back um, at Rangers. So it used to be if you had the international job, you didn't want anything else. But nowadays that's all changed. And you look at, I mean, there's Stephen Robinson and there's Tommy Wright. If either of those get the job, it'll be big implications for Scottish football because we know Tommy Wright there's been links with him in Dundee United I think other clubs in Scotland if they are you know if they do lose a manager they're looking for a manager Tommy Wright will be probably high in the shortlist with what he's done with St Johnston so there could be a significant impact in Scottish football whatever happens there Yeah um, there could be I mean again with with Tommy's CV and his track record um, at St Johnston for for six or seven years it's absolutely first class you know he managed to just drain every last drop out of uh, every player that he had um, in his squad but I think the time was was right for Tommy to move on I think it was right for, for St Johnston to go and freshen up I thought that both parties got the timing spot on um, St Johnston now got Callum Davidson in uh, his first managerial job but he is a really good operator um, Callum Davidson you know, great experience from under Tommy Wright and then under um, Gary Rowett involving with um, the national team set up <clears throat> as well with Gordon Stratton so that'll be a really good appointment uh, by um, St Johnson looking forward to seeing Callum stamping his authority on the team and on the club there um, and then it, it remains to be seen what happens for, for Tommy Wright but um, will he manage again in Scottish football I think there's every chance I'm not quite so sure it'll be at, at Dundee United but certainly um, within if he doesn't get the Northern Ireland job um, you know by the end of the new season I think you'll probably see Tommy, uh, Tommy Wright managing uh, another Scottish club A tweet from Chief Executive Alan Burrows as well not long before we came on air he said we've told Stephen we 100% want him to stay here and continue the excellent work he's doing as Motherwell manager it's still very much business as usual we're all, prepare- we're all preparing as much as possible for the new season and strengthening the squad it's really not an ideal time to lose your manager especially with everything that's going on Stephen Robinson will already have in place you know targets he's already made signings uh-huh. for your manager to sort of up and leave at this point is not ideal no they won't, they won't want it but but, but Andrew it's, it's as well happening on the 24th of June and the 24th of July so you know you know, you bear in mind we have got the best part of six weeks until the season starts so you know if anything to happen over the next three or four days then Motherwell you know I've got time to go and get somebody you, you know how it works if Stephen Robinson does go they will have a hundred applicants uh, for that job so you know they'll whittle it down to three or four 
of a right good shortlist. I'm sure that, that, that Keith Lasley would have a, a crack at putting his name forward and they may well just promote um, from within. You couldn't rule that out too. And, and Keith Lasley, you know, you couldn't argue with that. You know, he, he's a really good operator um, too. So, look, at the moment Stephen Robinson is there, but if, if he does go, it's a price that you pay for having, for being a successful manager. Motherwell will be compensated and they will move on. 01419511025. I'm sure many of you heard of our, well, listened last night to our Tackling Racism in Scottish Football show where we had some great contributions from the likes of Alex Dyer, Jermaine Defoe, Christopher Julian. And if you haven't heard it, you can listen back to the whole show on the Radio Clyde app. It's definitely worth a listen. I'll give you a bit of a refresher because Jermaine Defoe speaking last night talking about what he'd like to see happen in Scottish football. I'd like to think when the season starts that we will take a knee and just be a part of this powerful movement because at the end of the day, black life, uh, lives matter. And it's nice to, to see everyone coming together, these big names in football are using their platforms and stuff like that so it's really powerful the Premier League are doing it I want to see if they if it happens in Scotland and I believe that it, it I believe that it will to be honest because you know when you look at the, the march and all that sort of stuff all over the world even some of our friends that are Scottish they're, they're supporting this movement well the SPFL today have actually responded to that the SPFL say they support all those who stand against racism and continues to work with our member clubs and partners including Show Racism the Red Card the Scottish FA and Police Scotland to drive home the message that there's no place in our game for discrimination of any kind players and supporters from diverse backgrounds have played and continue to play an enormously positive and valued role in our game and we are committed to ensuring that Scottish football is inclusive and welcoming to all players who wish to take the knee are entirely free to do so we've seen it happen down south Mark, uh, that was actually pushed by a lot of the senior players rather than uh, the FA, obviously to raise awareness and, and show support for this. And it looks as if it could well happen here. And it's the, the type of issue that, you know, we all need to work together in an attempt to make a change. Yeah, I mean, ab- absolutely. You know, everything that, that, that's come to the, the forefront uh, in the past um, few weeks um, has been long overdue. It's not before time. We have kind of had um, this kind of... of of groundswell and moving towards but for whatever reason it's just kind of died away but, but I think it's here to, to, to stay um, on the events over uh, in America with George Floyd and it's highlighted a lot of things that are not right um, in football and the way a lot of black people within the game have been feeling and now they've been given a platform um, to voice their opinions and you know it's long overdue and, and it's absolutely welcomed and uh, yeah I think it would be fitting and, and, and right um, to see Scottish football uh, as a as a whole um, take the knee when, when we start back in August. 01419511025. Give us a call and we could be speaking to you after the travel with Stephen. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Mark Guidi here with me, Andrew McLean, in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. I'll just touch on one of these joint response group uh, statements that gets put out. Obviously, the SFA and the SPFL working together. They've got that response group to try and guide us out of uh, the COVID-19 crisis when it comes to football. Uh, Today's was quite an interesting one because the Scottish Government have obviously made a pathway now. They've put some provisional dates in place for the likes of hairdressers opening and pubs opening and things like that. (laughs) I know, to be fair, it's good for me because I don't know what's going on on top of my head at the moment. But um, So one of the ones that was interesting was that um, it mentioned about crowds at outdoor live events uh-huh. and it didn't set a specific date on it. But 
obviously as football fans your ears perk, perk up at that point because you're thinking right okay it's, it's talking about potential limited crowds socially distanced crowds mm-hmm. at football matches so this is something that the joint response group have uh, touched on here they said we're pleased that plans are underway to introduce live outdoor events with physical distancing and restricted numbers potentially as early as July 23rd mm-hmm. well we appreciate this area is a subject to further public health advice we will nevertheless work with this government to seek clarity on this advice in relation to the August 1st start to the Scottish Premiership season now there's been a lot of speculation about when fans are going to be allowed back in grounds I've mm-hmm. heard a lot of people talking about October as a, pro- a provisional mm-hmm. date This is interesting because this is one of the first times that there looks to be evidence that there is a chance Mm -hmm. and we're seeing at the moment a small chance but Mm -hmm. a chance that come 1st of August the government could well allow crowds in football grounds. I I think from what I've heard Andrew there's there's a quiet confidence that from September the 1st um, and I'll just take Celtic and Rangers as example that they will be allowed to to operate at, at 25% capacity which means obviously then that you'll get you know 12 13,000 people in the Ibrox and 14 15,000 people in the Celtic Park there's a quite confidence that, that that may happen and they would then look at um, in terms of the, the allocation of crowd looking towards uh, making that of, of sort of families first and foremost so it's all kind of like the same households um, coming in so look, it's not set in stone it's not in their hands but that's certainly something that they, they think they might be able to pull off and the SPFL have also been in talks with um, the SFA and been in talks with the SRU about the potential of using the likes of Hamden and, and Murrayfield yeah. so we know that yeah. Ibrox and, and Celtic Park are able to you know get more people in the grounds socially mm-hmm. distanced so if, if so some of the smaller clubs are able uh-huh. to use these bigger stadiums as well it would be very good news, you know, the earlier the better, really. Uh, but, but then you, you look at, you know, um, Hamilton Ackies. I mean, they, they should be able to do it with, with the size of their, their ground and the stadium. They should be able to have a home game if it's, if it's operating at 25% capacity. No problem. Um, Kilmarnock, fine. St Johnson, fine. Motherwell, fine. St Mirren, fine. So all those clubs will be able to, you know, if that's something that's going to come in, uh, all those clubs will be able to, um, to cope. The only ones that... <coughs> It might <clears throat> struggle a wee bit would be like your, your Dundee United, um, <clears throat> your Hibs. You know that's where you can maybe see money. You know, money field would be coming and they played Dundee United. You know, wouldn't they suit them because they would get more than than you know four four and a half thousand um, in. But it would be it would be better um, than nothing. So yeah, we can we can certainly see things again. It's another sign that if everything keeps going in, in, in the right direction, the news about schools, you know, probably getting back um, as well. So all the wee things are all kind of adding up, and and, it, and it's great. You know, and if, if we can get down to, you know, the, the one metre thing and all that kind of stuff. So we're moving in the right direction, it appears to be. Yeah, that's one we'll keep an eye on. Definitely no certainty certainties there at the moment, but one we'll keep an eye on as well. Uh, the SFA and the SPFL also looking for clarity on grassroots football. So hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we'll be able to give you an update on that as well. 01419511025 on the phones. Alec is a Celtic fan in Parkhead. Alec? Hi, how we doing? How we doing, Mark? Hi, Alec. Uh, I'm feeling a wee bit more optimistic now regarding uh, getting into getting into stadiums. I just renewed my season book today. Uh, I'm really excited about it, but I'm uh, I was even like, you know, if we, if we started getting fans in by Christmas, but God willing, hopefully, you know, we can start to get some in as gradually as we go. Uh, just my main concern is regarding Fraser Foster. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that, you know, we're covered more or less. Uh, across the board, we say like you know we've got a lot of quality. 
Uh, Austin Edward and Cal McGregor, they're making all the right, no, the right noises about, about no going anywhere. So I'm just like, you know, just with, with your opinion, Mark, do you think that, you know, if this is, a, I can't see it coming down to a loan, do you think that obviously if it's a sale, do you think that Celtic will, especially in these circumstances, push the boat out and for a transfer fee and also, you know, maybe break their wage structure? Hey, Alec, that's a real uh, tough one. I'm sure if you're Neil Lennon and, and for yourself being a season ticket holder, um, that you'd want that to be the case. But it really depends on, on what you know Southampton are looking for. Now, if, if you know if you were saying the fee, let's just say, was around four million pounds or something like that, right? I mean, I'm, I'm sure that, that that Celtic could do that and they would do that. But if you're talking eight, nine, ten million pounds, I, I can't see them um, doing that. Um, Alex and then you, you've got the wages as well so let's say you know Fraser Foster's willing to sign for, for 30 grand a week could that be done yeah it probably could but but if he's looking for 50 grand a week no you, you can't you can't do it so it really depends I'm sure Celtic will try as hard as he can Neil Lennon will be pushing the board all the way to get that deal over the line because I, I, I said before and I've said earlier in the programme about Stephen Jay I think you know, needing two first-team ready proper operators to go in there to become a, a, a proper um, you know team that, that's got a chance of, of winning the league this season for Celtic. I think you to say to Neil Lennon, look, you're getting nobody in, but go as you are. You've lost Simonovic, you've lost Hayes, but you'll keep Edward and and, and we'll bring Fraser uh, Foster back. Would he accept that? I think he would take that all day long. But but Foster could be the one that that you know potentially makes or breaks the title. Uh, for Celtic, uh, Ali, I think he's that important. He was my vote for Player of the Year last year. I, th- I thought he was brilliant. Uh, I know that Neil Lennon last summer really wanted a goalkeeper in, and they managed to pull it off by getting Fraser Foster. And um, you know, it'll be the first one in, on his list, I'm sure, to get done again. Uh, I just feel that you know, and you know, uh, Scott Bain, you know, he is a great goalkeeper. He's a good goalkeeper, but you know, with Fraser, you know, you just felt that you know, every game that you went into. You know that you had the chance of winning. You know you had a great chance of winning. You had real, real confidence in him. And I don't know, uh, you know, if Celtic can, if they can get him. I don't know if they, you know, uh, if Scott Bain's going to cut it. You know, and in, in this season, so I'm like, you know. No, I, I mean, I've spoken earlier tonight a lot about the, the quality of Alan McGregor and and and, um, and John McLaughlin at Rangers. I think Rangers now absolutely fine. McGregor's an outstanding uh, goalkeeper, um, but. Uh, would Neil Lennon be, be happy going with, with Scott Bain as his number one for the new season? No, I don't think so. I don't think that would be the case. You know, I think Scott Bain is, is an able deputy as well. But would you would you want to start the season with him? No, you really want Fraser Foster between the sticks. Yeah, definitely, totally agree on that one, Mark. But you know, uh, I wouldn't want to see his up, uh, upset in the apple cart because you know yourself, you start dishing out massive contracts and then you've somebody else jumping the door saying, well. How man will get in with that? Getting if the deal can be done, I'm sure Celtic will do it. So I guess it's just going to be a fingers crossed and just wait and see what happens. Alec, is there anywhere else that you think Celtic need to strengthen, or for you, is this summer just a case of getting Fraser Foster in the door and keeping a hold of your best players? Well, yeah, I think the only place is, is, is left back. You know, the boy Greg Taylor. That was his first season. We've got Ball and Golly. Uh, I think that that's. For me, that's about the only real space that's up for grabs, you know. So if Celtic could go out and upgrade on what we've got, you know, I know that the, the boy, I would like to see the boy Taylor get another good run, but, you know, just watching him at Celtic Park, I don't know if he's got 
He'll be fine, him. Alec. Greg, Greg Taylor will be absolutely fine. You're right. What you say, you know, just the, adapting to, to a bigger club, to, to the mentality, to, the, to that that pressure of winning every week. Took me a wee while to get into his stride. He, he wasn't first pick. Ball, ball and goal. He was first pick ahead of him. And, and Johnny Hayes sometimes too. But but um, you know, I've said it in the program all all last season. Um, Greg Taylor is a first class uh, left back, and um, if he's given the chance. Um, I'm sure he will. He will go on and and, and serve, serve Celtic very, very well next season. I, I wouldn't have any concerns in that position. Well, obviously, I'll, I'll take. You know, you you're, you've seen him a lot more than me. Obviously, I've seen him just for last season, eh, Mark. But you know, it's a big jersey to fill. And you know, the boy only he was in and out, and then obviously he did a wee run. So it's a big jersey, Alec. But the, but you've got to accept that. You you, you 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 know you sell Kieran Tierney for whatever it was twenty two twenty five million pound. You aren't going to replace like with like. You know that that's just impossible because of how good Kieran Tierney was. But having watched um, Greg Taylor a number of times for Kilmarnock, watched him from for 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 Scotland, taking a wee well to to find his feet. But he'll be absolutely fine with a good pre season under his belt. Just quickly, Mark, is a is a good transfer window for Neil Lennon a very quiet transfer window this summer. Yeah, I mean, I think as Alex says, I'm sure it's probably the same for every Celtic uh, supporter. It would be if there's if there's one thing you're allowed to do in terms of incoming, it would be it would be signing Fraser Forster. If that's the only bit of business and nobody else leaves, I think Neil Lennon would be would be happy with that. Well, thank you very much for all your calls tonight. Thank you to Alec in Parkhead and thank you to Mark Guidi in the studio tonight. I'll be back again tomorrow from six until seven. Gordon DL joining me in the studio and make sure to stay tuned because Callum Gallagher is up next. Thank you.